Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Leaf Report. This is Clark here. Hello, everybody. James, uh, you were worried that this season wasn't going to be interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> oh, boy. This uh, this was unexpected. This is not what I think anybody thought would happen this soon, at least. You're the voice of rational, calm thought. If you, if you pulled out your uh, you pulled out your concernometer, where would you be right now with on the Leafs? It's it's only been seven games. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, six out of ten, but I guess the concernometer actually is is five emojis. So this would be like uh, I'd, I'd be at a three emojis, three of those uh, faces. What about you? Are you at five? No, I'd say probably maybe just a little bit higher. It's still, it's still. I, I guess the thing is, is that what we're seeing feels like a continuation of some of the problems that were in the playoffs last year, and I think that that's yes. why. That's why people are melting down. Well, it, so it, it, it doesn't help Jonas that Zach Hyman's one of the top scorers in the NHL and Frederick Anderson is the best goalie in the NHL right now. <laughs> because, of, know, cor- because of, like, course, yeah. of course, that's what's happening. Well, so we will get into a lot of different things today. We'll take questions in the pod bag. I'm sure there's some interesting ones you've got picked out. We'll talk about some of the scoring troubles that have gone on. We'll talk about Marner and Tavares, obviously bunched in that. We'll talk about Sheldon Keefe. But obviously, I just think we need to start with a big picture view of things. And I think you hit the nail on the head. This just feels, it feels like last year. And it feels like some of the the chaotic points of the last couple of years. Like this feels a lot to me, forget about the playoffs. It feels like it did in California right before the 1920 season shut down where it was like they've gone off the rails and they're struggling to get it back. Um, What does this, is this more playoff related to you? Just some of the concerns that have gone on, like what, what about this is so shocking to you? I mean, they just, they just don't look very good. You know, like can you imagine if before the season we had told you that, you know, all the big guys, I mean, I guess Nylander counts there. The the three biggest 
salary guys hadn't really produced anything at all seven games into the season? Well, if you told me that that the three biggest salary guys hadn't produced anything seven games into the season, the Leafs had two wins, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Honestly, like it, it sometimes is is not that complicated when they're built in such a way that their stars have to be stars and their stars haven't been stars. Like what's, but it's, it's more than that, James. Like I know we keep hearing like, and I know what some of the stats say, like they're, they're number one in this and they're number one in that. They don't feel like a dangerous team right now at all. And obviously that Carolina game was, they're playing a really good team, but they had nothing going, nothing. Yeah. The weird thing I was looking last night, Jonas, if you look at like individual expected goals or individual scoring chances for, for those guys, I don't see a lot there that it's that's like like it's not way off where they normally are. No, like Tavares, it looks like before, but I don't buy that. Yeah, he his especially look look normal. Well, and James, as you're talking, I just went to Natural Stat Trick and pulled up um, the teams. Number two in the NHL in five on five expected goals per sixty, the Toronto Maple Leafs shooting. What is their shooting percentage? Five point seven percent. So they've been a little bit unfortunate, like some, you know, like that one where Tavares hits the post or whatever. You know, that could have been a goal, and they're they're running cold right now. But a lot of what we're talking about is, you know, like, like the blue line is is really struggling, which wasn't the case a lot of last year. Yep. Um, so the combination of, of your top scores running cold, Matthews coming off the surgery, what would you say, what would you say you, you are seeing from Tavares and Marner? I'm willing to like cut Matthews some slack given he missed all of preseason and most of training camp and, and didn't get into any games. I mean, these kind of are the exhibition games for him to get up to speed. Where would you say that Marner and Tavares are at? Well, what's troubling to me is, is. They had like a flurry or two in Carolina, but they're just not spending a lot of time in the offensive zone. Like they, they don't feel dangerous at all. And and Marner, obviously, it's it's different than Tavares because Tavares, I mean, we've been seeing signs of this the last couple of years. He's 31 now. It just doesn't feel like the puck is on his, his tape all that much or that he's getting great looks. But Marner feels different because this feels like you're talking about this feels like last year. This feels like the playoffs. He just feels really tight to me. Like he doesn't feel like what we'd seen from him early in his career and obviously even last year during the regular season. He's just light and he's like energetic and like the puck is always on his stick and he's he's you know he's he's creating opportunities every time he's out there and now it's like it's just dying on his stick and and nothing is happening and he's not dangerous and he's not creating opportunities like I, I I was I struggle with like process. Like we're looking at their process. Is their process good? And they're just not being rewarded. And that's what the shooting percentage numbers are. I just don't buy that. Like their process to me doesn't feel good right now. Like it doesn't feel like they've been. It doesn't feel like they're unlucky. I know that the numbers disagree. It doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel like they've been unlucky to me. Is it to you? No, it doesn't feel like they're they're like. I mean, some of the earlier games, maybe the you know the the game against the Rangers. Yes, uh, that's for one, sure. The one against the Senators, where Forsberg was was really good. Uh, Aiden Hill played pretty well for San Jose. Like there have been some games where the goal a goaltender on the other team has been really good. So that's three of seven. Yeah, so I, I think that that could be impacting the numbers somewhat. I, I haven't 
I, I would need to go through game by game and see where the Leafs' top players picked up. Do you have it in front of you, the uh, the chances or the expected goals that the Leafs' best players generated in, in the game against um, the game against Carolina? Uh, I have it right in front of me. I will pull it up as you're talking. Um, but 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 just to, to add a, a little bit to that, aside from Carolina, it's not like this has been a hard schedule. That's what's like the other part of this. It's not like like this has been a soft schedule to start. Like you play Ottawa a couple times. You play Montreal, like really the Rangers. Sp- Montreal is really struggling. San Jose, I know, has gone off to a good start, but like they should be- beat San Jose. So let's see. So you want to know expected goals from that night. So this is the Carolina game. Guess who the number one player on the team was? You will not guess. Um, um, Former first round pick, Nick Ritchie. Oh, oh yeah, he had he led the team in shot attempts and shots. I saw that because he had that one shift. I think where he had like three or four good looks, or maybe that was that on the power play. I can't remember. Anyway. Last place on the team last night was Mitch Marner at 30%. Oh, I was just, I was wondering about like individual, like what he actually generated. Oh, off, you want off, individual. Off his stick. Yeah. So, okay. So, but, but you're, but you're okay, saying. Okay. Nick Ritchie, number one, <laughs> 0.68. But who, who's at the bottom? Wayne Simmons, Kasha, Marner is right near the bottom. And Tavares and, and Tavares is like and, Tavares is like just outside the top five. Same with Matthews and him are both the same. I mean, there were there were a couple shifts where they had something cooking, but like, I mean, even this thing, William Neander is number two. I did not think he had it going in, in Carolina, and he obviously didn't have it going in Pittsburgh. Like this is, but that's like that's why you have four of these guys. Like they're not all going to be going every night, and right now, none of them are going. Did you see the other day? I think was it was either yesterday or the day before that that Dom. Loose Chicken, who's our uh, who's our stats guru at the Athletic, he had a, a projection for the top scores in the NHL this year. Did you see that chart? I did see that. And how many Leafs were on that chart? None. Zero. <laughs> They've already to make it onto the top. You had to have at least like it was like eighty six or eighty seven points. So this slow start and and Matthews missing the first few games combined mean that. Statistically, no, the 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 quants, the the analytics people don't think that anyone on the Leafs is going to get eighty six points this year. What do you think of that? I'm not willing to go there. I, I I still think like Marner will get on track. I still think Matthews will. Like I, it, it's still October is kind of the the point that I'm struggling with. You know what I mean? Like we're so we're so early in the year. But, I mean, the shooting percentage stuff, James, isn't this what we heard in the playoffs like two years ago with Columbus and like even, I guess, at points in the Montreal series? Well, the, the you know, remember 2% shooting in the Columbus series? It's like, yeah, but like, I don't know. Did, were, were you surprised at, their, at, their, at the way that they've kind of publicly handled this? No, I, I don't think so. Okay. I think that the, the, they're trying to maintain, like they, they don't want to give off an air of panic or whatever, right? Like they're trying to say, 
some of the quotes that were driving the fan base nuts, like last night when after the Carolina game, when Sheldon Keefe says, I'm coming away from here with a more positive view of where we're at and, you know, we're going to take these lessons and we're going to be better. And then the, he, you tweet that one and the fans just go completely. You know what the difference, you're talking about the Carolina and then the Montreal series and, and, and the failure to launch that happened in those series. Last season, there weren't these like, there weren't as many of these like panic points or, I mean, like their best players had really good years last year. Yep. Right. You know, so. Well, Tavares did have the, this shaky start. Obviously his first few games, he scored a bunch and then he went completely dry. But So I think that co- coming into this season, Jonas, you and I, and I think a lot of people thought Leafs will be fine in the regular season. Like, yep. you know, like the team is relatively similar to last year, which was a, mm-hmm. you know, pretty good team last year. But it, it feels like there's some carryover from that playoff collapse in what's happening early on this year. Yes. Which That's we the most to, alarming thing. Which we I'm, didn't have last year. Like last year, it wasn't like the No, it was the opposite. Of, it was like, James, like they, they came out and said, we're going to dominate in the regular season. Like we're going to make the regular season matter. And they did. And they pretty much did. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Even with, you know, Anderson didn't have a great year last year for them. And there, there were some, some issues. Mm-hmm. But their best players played played really well. I mean, Matthews was runner up for the Hart Trophy last year. So people people are saying this year's more of the same. This year's a little bit surprising because this isn't what happened during the regular season last year. So if you're management, what are you thinking right now? I believe what they're thinking is we're going to ride this out and the shooting percentage is going to turn around and we're not playing as badly as the results and we'll get out of this and and maybe they think you know maybe some adversity early on is good because we won't take for granted when we start to get some more goals and get to have success or we won't take for granted how hard it's going to be this year to win games if i'm in management i i would be getting concerned already like what would your concern meter be at if you're in management like four yeah like yeah like three and a half four yeah i i think that these next few games are going to be really big i think you know you get chicago you get detroit um what, what was the next game on the schedule? I can't remember off the top of my head. I can't remember either. Oh, actually, it's I think it's Vegas. Okay, We're Vegas has, Vegas has struggled a little bit, but but is it you know has a good roster and a good team? Well, They're, so James, after that, Vegas, Tampa, Boston. Okay, so you got to beat Chicago. I mean, Chicago can't beat anyone right now. So if you go into Chicago on Wednesday and lay an egg and lose that game, and then you got two days off. And then you play Detroit, and Detroit's played pretty well. I mean, they got their yeah, young yeah. guys; like they they look pretty good from what I've seen. Either the the embers of of Steve Eiserman's rebuild there are starting to starting to take shape, and it, it's going to be it'll be interesting, you know. Like if if Detroit starts getting good, the, the division's going to division's going to be interesting to watch here over the next couple of years, but. It, like, just imagine, Jonas, if they lose against Chicago and they lose against Detroit and then you go into those games against three big teams, including two in your division who you're going to be competing with, you know, the record could get ugly. And then all of a sudden, you know, we've been saying it's early a lot lately. You know, you get into game 12, 13, 14 of the season. If if you have a big hole, it, it sometimes can be really difficult to get out of it. Well, you and I were, were texting about this. This kind of goes back to the off season a little bit. In terms of the decision by management not to to make a substantial change. Now, they might argue, well, they let 
Zach Hyman go in free agency. They let Frederick Anderson go in free agency. Those are two prominent pieces. That's a little bit of a changing of the core. But but obviously with their their four guys, they they chose not to make a move. And this was again like it's not even fucking November, but the risk was it was stale then and it's stale again. And the same things are just going to keep happening. Like that's what would kind of worry me a bit. Like you kind of, I don't know what you can do. If that, if this keeps up, I don't know what you can do. Like you almost just have to ride it out. And like you're saying, hope that luck starts to swing your way. I I guess. Right. Like, well, if they keep losing, I think that you've got to shake something up and there's there. I'm seeing, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of criticism for Sheldon Keefe on social media. I don't think the coach is in trouble. I don't think the coach is in trouble. But that doesn't mean the criticism isn't warranted, honestly. Like, I think he would tell you, like, this is his job to see them through this, right? They're, they He needs to find some answers and he's trying. But right now it's not working. Yeah. What, what would your criticism of Sheldon Keith be right now after seven games? They haven't figured out the power play. Like, that's a huge that's a huge problem. And he chose to, to change the way that they would do things. He gave control of the power play to Spencer Carberry. <laughs> who'd never coached in the NHL before. And like, it still may work. Like that's, that's the thing. Like all this stuff may still work, but their power play hasn't been good offensively. They, again, like despite the numbers, I, I don't think they've been dangerous. And defensively, there have been way, way, way more breakdowns and odd man rushes and forwards getting in behind D that I can remember seeing last year. You know, like there, there's been a lot of that. And obviously, Something is not right with with Muzzin and Hall. That's a big deal. It's just like who's gotten off to a good start? Who? Nylander, Spezza, Jack Campbell. I like the way that he's played for the most part. Um, but it, I have a hard time picking anyone on the blue line who I've liked the way they've played in the early going. That's a problem. I mean, I mean, their their defense was like a very strong point for them last year. Obviously, like they they are one of the better defensive teams in the league, and obviously, well, so who could have predicted that that was going to happen? Like you and I coming into the year, we weren't saying like we were did worried not about predict that. We were worried about like it, it, this isn't missing Zach Bogosian who was playing fourteen minutes a night. Like this is, I don't know. Like Riley doesn't look good. Brody, who was a rock last year and looked great all year, doesn't look good. Uh, Muzzin looks hurt. Hall has been, he had that uh, really bad illness that he was playing through. Missed one game. Uh, Sandine's been kind of up and down, but that, I mean, it's his first I real season. I think the Sandine German pair has been okay. It's been fine. Yeah. I, 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 okay. Like, so if I was, I was talking with someone else about this, uh, I think yesterday, um, if if the D continues to struggle, what changes can they make that make sense? Because they don't have a lot of options on the right side. Like if if Hall, let's focus on Hall. If Hall just looks like he's, he's he can't play top four, like what do they do? Like I, I think they almost think the coaching staff is stuck with these pairings because who are you going to move around? Like well, would you try Dermot with with Muzzin maybe? I think I might do Riley with Dermot, Muzzin with Brody, and Sandine with Hall. That would be my move. Okay. And I would give Muzzin and Brody, obviously, the toughest minutes, lighter minutes for Riley and Dermot, and then lighter minutes for Sandine and Hall. Like, that's... 
I wonder about like Muzzin and Brody, like on on the breakout or whatever. Like neither one of those guys is like a skate the puck up the ice kind of guy. No, but Brody can move the puck. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's fair. Um, do you? I, I know reading your story after the game on Saturday, you were in favor of breaking up Matthews and Marner. Do you just stick with that if you if you're key for a while now? Like, is that kind of what you? You kind of put that aside and say that's going to stay the way it is. Yeah, I, I I don't know what's going on with with Marner, but I I I think the thing is if you keep Marner with Matthews, they're going to keep facing other teams' top lines. It's going to continue to be a real slog. And yes, what I would try and do is get Marner going, get his confidence back a little bit, and and play him on a more sheltered line. Which it kind of seemed like that's what they were trying to do against Carolina. But it obviously, was. you don't have last change in on the road, so the other teams deciding what the matchups are. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Marner because this is this is weird. Um, if you look back to last year, after seven games, he had ten points. He had four goals. Different different season, obviously different everything. Um, but this does feel like a carryover of what happened in the playoffs, and and he took a ton of criticism, obviously, for that series. And it, it feels like that has. I mean, who can say whether this is true? Only he can say whether this is true. But it feels like that has been absorbed by him and he feels heavier and just not himself and not... Like, it feels like that has added a weight to his shoulders and right now he's playing with that weight. Is that how it feels to you? Yeah. I mean, that's the the body language and, and you know, when he talks to the media and everything, he just... <laughs> He seems like really frustrated and, and down. And I mean, you can understand it, you know, when you, when you don't 100%. produce, when you, you look now, you go back, you include the series. He has such a good regular season last year. And then you look at the playoffs, couldn't, didn't score a goal, only had four assists, looked really out of sorts in, in, in the pivotal games in that series, was making plays that didn't make sense. Uh, didn't look himself, and then that carries into this year. That's that's a huge problem. So, I you know, Mitch Marner has always said um, the last couple of years that that he's deleted his social media and he doesn't pay attention to any of it, and you know that the, the noise and everything doesn't get to him. I don't know. I don't know. I hope that that is true because the, the noise and what's going on on social media, and whatever, is really bad. It is is really 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 bad. Uh, I don't really have the option to tune out social media. It's a big part of what we do and I'm on there all the time. And the the fan base, you know, one of the, the key pieces of the story I wrote after the game on Saturday is that there's going to be no benefit of the doubt for this team from from the fan base. Like there's there's a lot of anger, but there's also a lot of apathy and a lot of people are just don't believe in this team and don't care. Uh, and... Um, some people are choosing to use to channel that in a way that is pretty ugly on social media, especially towards Marner. So he's he's going to have to. I mean, playing in this market when things are tough, the, it kind of reminds me, Jonas, like the the mood and everything. It reminds me of like some of the the worst inflection points for those those Kessel Funuf teams, like like the Salute Gate and. It reminds me of when the fans were chanting fire Wilson. It reminds me of when the waffles were getting thrown on the ice. Like it, it's starting to get into that territory already. Yeah. The the difference is like this team actually has expectations. Like those teams weren't yeah. going to do anything, but I, I, I will add a couple points on Marner. Number one, I think, 
I should say, and like people can do whatever they want. But these guys are human beings. Like they're not infallible superheroes. And like the toxic stuff on social media should not be condoned or like it's not okay. It's not, it's not a good thing for society that that's how this manifests. So I'll say that. The other thing, like this connects back to the contract, honestly. Like this, it felt like something really turned with the fan base with the way that played out. And obviously, Marner's side, they got the the money that they wanted. But the the downside was for whatever, of 800 grand a year or whatever it is, the fan base turned on him by by doing by doing that. Like if he had just gotten that deal done James in the summer and it was like 10 by 8 or whatever. Didn't the 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 feeling I don't think would be the same with Marner as it has been since that point. Did you see uh on Saturday in, on one of the panels on Hockey Night Canada, Kevin Bieksa was talking about it, and um, he was talking. He was talking about the weight of expectations from a contract, and he said, "You know, my wife always told me to take a little bit less, <laughs> so so that you're not the guy that is pushing for every last cent, you know, in a big market, in a Canadian market, and you're the one that's." And if you look at, I, I seem to recall Kevin Bieksa never really had like a huge contract. I mean, he was a pretty good defenseman. He was a good top four defenseman. I think he was always making like four, four and a half, something like that, if I recall correctly, uh, in Vancouver. Um, that was really interesting because there's something to that. Yes. And I and I think that it was, it was short-sighted on their part that they did not recognize what this could do for his image. Even if it's even if it's not even if it's not fair, it just changes the the way you're perceived. Like oh, like you you want to be you want to get every last bit that you can. Okay, well then like we're gonna hold you to a higher standard. You know what I mean? Like it as opposed to just taking a little bit less well, and not and not having that. I uh, I remember that summer really well. Uh, I remember having some insight into what was going on in, with the negotiations. And the thing is, is that. I would say that Leafs management with what they were offering were being they were were being overly fair yeah. to like what they had on the table that summer was very very generous you know it was um but it it wasn't what Austin Matthews got so that was that was and the hang that was the mistake that that, that was the hang up was that you know, they, they really, they, it's, it really seemed like, like Marner's camp wanted what Austin Matthews got. Yeah. They really felt like he should be paid as much as Matthews. And I think that that whole dynamic of like, he's every bit as good as Matthews, like he shouldn't be thought of as inferior to Matthews, seemed to kind of infect things. I mean, you remember the day Matthews signed his extension there was a story, I believe Dave Feschuk wrote it, quoting Marner's agent saying, I mean, I shouldn't paraphrase, but like, it was not complimentary of the contract on the day that he signed it. Like, that's a, that's, that takes was, some gall. That's not it, a. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Anyway, these, these are like, oh, I don't, I was going to yeah, call but them all, old, But James, old like all this stuff for, is connected, right? Well, this is why the fans are, don't, don't have any benefit of the doubt or any time for you know, a slow start or, or a poor playoff or, I mean, I, I get it. Like, I, I think the frustration is deeper to, to go back to what you were talking about. Those, those, those other teams in that 
there's not just real expectations for this team. There, there was hope, you know, like there was this optimism that, okay, we went through this rebuild. We went through this tunnel of shit, like Andy Dufresne in, in the Shawshank Redemption. We crawled through, we came out the other side <laughs> and it's like, you get out of the tunnel of shit. Imagine in Shawshank Redemption, if he gets out and all of a sudden he's, he's like, he's like in another sewer and he's got another four tunnels to crawl through or something like that's, that's the way that the fan base feels right now is that it, there is no salvation. There is no, <laughs> it didn't, I don't know. You know what I was watching last night, James? I don't know why, like, I guess the time of year I watched uh Halloween H2O, the 28th. 20 years okay. later. Do you watch when, any of those movies? When did, when did that one come out? What year? I guess 20 years after the first one, like the 90s, late 90s maybe. Okay. I would have seen it if it came out then. But there's there, there's been so many of those, like all of the latest ones. They're all called, like I, I have a bunch <laughs> yeah. of them are showing up. I think there's on, one right now that's out. A bunch of them were like Jamie Lee Curtis is like in, yeah. a, in a wheelchair and like, you know, in the old folks home. Like, oh no, Michael Myers is coming. But like, she I, chopped I, off I, his head. How could he come back? But that that's what I was thinking of. Like, it's like Michael Myers. <laughs> he just won't die. <laughs> like, how old would Michael Myers be now? Like, the first of those movies is like... It's like 78 is me. the first one. Is it yeah. 78? Wow. Yeah. I was looking it up. Well, like, they've made like 10 of those now. One question I have with that, James, what's Michael Myers' problem? Like, is what's he, why is he so upset with Jamie Lee Curtis? Well, he's got some mental, he's got some <laughs> instability <kidding>. issues. <laughs> I doesn't, it, doesn't the origin story kind of change every movie? I mean, you're taking me, like, I haven't seen those in like 20 years. So I don't think I've seen the original. So that's on my, my list to see the original. It's probably the best one. It, yeah. That's what I've. I, I do remember watching. Yeah. Like when I, in the nine, in the nineties, I saw like all the Freddy movies, all the Jason movies, all the. We used to we even watched all the bad ones, like like Ghoulies, where the the monsters come out of the toilet, and like you know, like <laughs> especially around this time of year, you always watch all these these ridiculous movies. I love it. Uh, all right, let's take a break, and then do you want to do the pod back next? I think so. Let's do the pod back next. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, James, it is time for what should be an interesting addition to the pod bag. A reminder to go to your local restaurants, local businesses, support your local businesses. Uh, what do you got? Uh, the pod bag is kind of a steaming pile. There's going to be a lot of things. and there's, there's a lot of swearing and a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot of nonsense in here. Um, Okay, Michael Bunting Stan account asks, how bad will things be after Chicago wins on Wednesday? 
Is it too early to call it a must-win, Jonas? Game eight. I don't like must-win. Yeah, the only must the only must-win game is like uh, in the playoffs. Yes. Um, or to make the playoffs. Do you th- hey, let me ask you this, Jonas? To to go, do you think that there's a chance the Leafs could miss the playoffs this year, having watched what's happened after seven games? I mean, shit. I I thought that they would w- had a chance to win the division. Uh, it's. I still don't see that. I still think they'll make the playoffs. Like, I mean, you can look at the standings right now and like yeah, Florida Buffalo, six. Buffalo's hot though. Yeah, that's not real. I'm not buying that. Detroit's like the, the division right now is Florida, Buffalo, Detroit. Yeah, I don't think that's going to hold up. Well, Tampa got stomped by Buffalo yesterday. I saw. <laughs> I, the NHL is the craziest league. It's just like. It's almost like anything can happen. Well, you figured Tampa would have kind of this kind of yeah. season, not this bad. I mean, well, they lost they lost five guys and Kucherov's out right now, so like that that's a lot to absorb. Yeah, they lost like their most important, their second most important line in totality, and then you add Kucherov, and that's that's a pretty big chunk. But like the the Buffalo Detroit thing, I was wrong about Florida so far, anyway. Well, Bobrovsky's been really good. I mean, yeah. my, my only concern with Florida was like if they get decent goaltending from from Knight or Bobrovsky, they're going to be good. Like, I, I, they're going to be a real threat to the best teams in the division. Do you think they'll go eighty two an hour now? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I know. So I, I, I just like their team. It, it, uh, Big Joe Thornton scored his first goal of the season. There. I saw. Yeah. It's weird, actually, James, when you look at the standings and the Leafs have a minus ten goal differential. Because, like, last year, their goal differential was plus 39. Yeah. I mean, they, they deserve the record they have right now. Like, it's not yes. like like we're saying some of the shooters are unlucky, but they don't deserve to have won a lot of games so far this season. Like, there haven't been a lot of games where maybe the Rangers game, right? There haven't been a lot of games they lost, and it's like, oh, they should have won that game. That's the only one. Unless you want to count the San Jose game a little bit. Nick Barden, who who covers does some good Marley's coverage, and yeah. you, could fo- you could follow him on Twitter. He he asks, uh, "How are you guys doing? How are you doing, Jonas?" I'm good. Yeah, I, I'm good too. It's, yeah, it's too bad it's so shitty outside. Like, but tomorrow is supposed to be a nice day. Yesterday, I wanted to go for a walk, and I opened the front door, and it's like, no, <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm good. I'm not going to do it. My step counter was frozen. That uh, do you count your steps with like a no? Oh. See, I pay attention to uh, during the pandemic. I realized I was n- not moving for long periods of the week, and I started paying attention to my step counter just so that I don't stay sitting at a desk for eighteen hours a day. And uh, basically, yesterday I didn't do anything all day. I was like on the phone, I was working, and everything. And um, end of the day, it's like I got to get out, I got to do something. And I open the front door. It's like raining. It's like four degrees. It's like windy. It's like, I'm not going out. I'm not going out in that. So I got to get a Peloton or a treadmill or something. Or just like go for a walk, put on a jacket. It looked awful outside. And I was, and I went to the basement and ate, ate a bag of chips. And <laughs> that is I, the opposite of fitness. <laughs> but yeah, all to you. But, but to answer Nick's question, I'm, I'm doing fine. You know, it's, it's really busy right now. Uh, at the athletic, we, uh, we're hiring a, a New York Islanders writer right now, which is, is exciting. Um, we have a new editor starting next week. There's a lot, there's a lot going on. So, um, yeah, that's what's happening next. Uh, Travis Barber asks, how likely is it that they trade a notable 
top six forward or top four D piece during the season? Do you think they try breaking up the top four forwards? I, you want to answer that first? Or you want me to answer? Well, it, it certainly has to be something that they they think about. Um, it it should have been something, and I'm sure it was that they would have thought about in the summer, even if they said the opposite. Like you couldn't not contemplate that. Um, you're not trading Matthews, obviously. You're, I guess, you could trade Deander. Um, the one that 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 I've been thinking about is Tavares, but obviously he has no trade clause. He's 31. He has a huge contract and. There are signs, obviously, of decline. So those are some obstacles. I don't think they're going to trade a top one of their top four forwards during the season. I think that that's too difficult of a trade to make during the season and, yes. and, and win the trade. And but what I will say is, if I think if they continue to struggle and they continue to lose, you got to really think about trading some. I guess you could call them non-core pieces. I, I think that maybe you need, need to shuffle the deck and bring some different players in, some different energy in, and maybe you know someone like Kerfoot has not been noticeable at all at all through seven games. He makes three and a half million dollars. Maybe he's someone you look to move and you you free up some more cap space and you 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 try and maybe there's another struggling player around the league that you can trade for and, and try and change the chemistry on on the team. Well, I guess James, if like if you weren't going to trade those guys after last year, you're, you're probably not doing it during the year. Maybe, maybe you no. will. I don't know. What would you do? Like, what would you do? Like, you, what do you? They're, they're going to get in the Jack Eichel sweepstakes or something. Like, like the season still matters. Like, you still need you need to try and contend this year, regardless of what what happens. Like, you're. I, I don't think the division is going to be such that they're going to be way out of the playoff conversation at any point. So. Mm-hmm. Some you know I've seen some fans say like oh tear it down and rebuild and go for a draft pick and blah blah like that's just not that's not going to happen like it's not going to happen nor should it happen this is no the Leafs are not going to finish in the bottom of like they're not going to finish bottom five in the NHL I mean you try to be bottom five so you can get Marner or Matthews or Neilander that's that's the deal right. Yeah, they just need it. Like that's honestly, it's not really that complicated. They need those guys to be way better than they've been, and obviously, Neilander has been pretty good. But this team can't do anything. It, like if if Matthews isn't scoring and Marner isn't producing and Tavares isn't producing, they're, they're just that's how they're built. Like look at the the, the way that their structure is. What would it's you not- do? What would you do, Jonas, if this continues for another? Let's say this continues for another seven games, and we get to the fourteen game mark of the season. They've only won like four games, and and the team doesn't look very good. Like, what would you? Like, I, I don't think they're going to fire Sheldon Keefe. You know, I, I mean, unless we get to like game fifty and like they're they're out of it or something. But I mean, even then, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I guess what's worrying about that is like, is the is his message getting through? That's what's concerning. So my spies in the organization seem to think so. They they don't seem to think there's like a rift between the players and the coach. They don't. But I don't even think it has to be a rift. Like the results are what the results are, right? Like yeah. if it was getting through, why is why are we seeing the same things? Well, I would say that other than the, I'm not last, saying it's not. I, I like I think it's too early to make that kind of judgment. Like it's seven games, but. We're seeing a lot of the same things that we saw in the past. So what what is the reason for that? Yeah, but uh, I mean, my counter to that is like Sheldon Keefe had a relatively good season last year, other than the power play and and the playoffs. Obviously, the three games in the playoffs were a disaster, and he but wasn't like, able 
he wasn't able to turn that around. I'm not saying like this is on Sheldon Keefe, but like that is the job of the coaches to steer the team, to steer the team, right? And if the team is not going in the right direction, the coach's job is to, to find a way through that, is it not? You know what it feels like to me, Jonas, is that the Leafs always struggle against teams like Carolina that that manage the puck really well. And and they I don't know if that's a system thing or or what it is, but they have they have a really hard time against very well organized, well coached teams like Carolina. They have a hard time against against the Islanders. They seem to have a hard time against Boston. I mean a lot um, of teams have a lot of trouble against those teams, to be fair. They're good yeah. teams. Yeah. But but like the Leafs are better against teams like I mean you could argue you know Tampa, Edmonton teams are a little bit more free flowing, a little bit more open. The Leafs seem to have more success against, but the teams that really can lock it down and make it difficult on you, they they struggle against. Yeah, but like to be fair to Keith, like this was not a good defensive team forever, and last year they became a good defensive team. I, I guess what I'm saying with him is. It's up to him to like, we're thinking of like, what can they do and solutions? And like, that's what he's there for, like to find solutions to these problems. Like, how do I, if I'm Sheldon Keefe, how do I lighten things up for Mitch Marner? How do I get him some confidence? How do I get the power play feeling good? Like the power play is, is such an interesting thing because obviously last year was what it was. And then they, they just kept changing things all the time. So like, a decision for him is like, how patient do I do I remain? Do I keep things the same? Do I try something else? Like, when you do I what, try something else? You know what I mean, Jonas? You know what's fucked up about the power play? We're watching that Carolina game. The uh, not even the Carolina game, other games too. The second power play unit seems to be executing on what they're trying to do. Like well, it's it, very decisive, right? They're, they're just like they're making plays. They're doing what we saw in training camp and what they were working on, right? Like they're doing the the things you were talking about when yes. you wrote about the like the the trying to be chaotic, trying to move the puck cross ice in different ways, trying to use all of the players. The second power play unit looks the way it's supposed to like that's what they're trying to do. And they don't have the horses. Like if they could, it's so funny. Like you watch the first power play unit going out there and it's just like, what a, what a clusterfuck. Like they can't, they can't do anything. They can't break into the zone. They can't maintain possession. Once they get in the zone, they can't connect on the passes. And then they roll out Bunting and Richie and Engvall and, and Spezza and Sandine. And those guys are, are making it happen. And if you look at, you know, we were talking about underlying numbers before. You look at the underlying numbers on the power play. It's like all those second unit guys are doing pretty well. Like, how, how can how can the... Well, what like does a that bunch suggest, of those guys James? Are, a bunch of those guys are like on the fourth line and stuff. And then they, they get out there and, and they're making a difference on the power play. That suggests it's something mental, does it not? That's what it looks like to me. Sure looks that way. Because I think that, like... They're, they're not giving a different power play scheme to one unit over the other, are they? I don't think so. No, it's the same. So, so like, the coaches have found a way to make Eng, make Engvall and Bunting and those guys look good on the power play, but it's the coach's fault that the top unit can't do that? I don't know. That's, like, some of this is we got to... Some of these players, they've already blamed the coach for it not working out. I, I, I would almost not let them off the hook this time and just... Like who blame them? I didn't. Hear, I didn't see that. Well, there's there's a there's a lot of people blaming the coach right now. There's like, but players, I didn't. Well, I I think that I think the players believed that Mike Babcock was a problem before he was let go. Yeah, that's a that's a rabbit hole we're not going down. What? Why not? I think I think right now this is on on the players. 
Like, I think it's such a cop-out to say that you need to change coaches seven games into the season after the coach had a pretty good year last year, other than the playoffs. Yeah, but that's, you can't, you can't other than the playoffs, like that's, that's, that's so you, pretty significant. You would, you would think the coach no. should be in the hot seat seven games into the season. Well, that's no. all I'm saying, Jonas, is that I don't think that that should be the case. No, but he's not above criticism. Like that's, it's, this is his job. This is his job to lead the team. I mean, you. Uh, it was twenty three games into the the Babcock season, and you, like, there was perfectly, like, there was tons of criticism that it was his fault, and some of that I felt was unfair at the time. Like, it's it's never one just one thing. Like, it's not just Keith. It's not just the players. It's not. Like, I, I you know think what it's I mean? fine to criticize Keith. I just don't think that. I think I think it's a real cop out if if they say, oh, now it's the coach is a pro- is the problem again. The coach is, it's a different coach. It's, everything's different from, you know, what's the same as some of these guys that aren't performing. Yes. I think it's, what is it like 70, 30? It's, it's also seven games, right? Like it's, that's the really tough thing. It's seven games. The thing is they need to turn it around, right? Like they need to, yeah, they need to, they need to go and beat Chicago and Detroit and, and start getting a little bit more confidence and start finding the back of the net and. Well, and James, there's there's always points during regular season where if you, you, you look at the team, you're like, how is this team going to win again? And then what happens is like they get a an okay win and then they get a better win. And you know what I mean? Like last year, wasn't there a five-game losing streak at one point where it felt like the sky was falling? There was. Yeah, there were some brief, I call them inflection points. There were some brief moments last year where it was like, oh, is it going off the rails? And then they were able to 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 get it back together. Yeah. So April April 12 loss, April 13 loss, April 15 loss, April 18 loss, April 20 loss. And then what happened, James? They won five seven of eight. So that's what they need to do. They need to, you know, show some mental fortitude, get it back together and look more like the team that played really well for long stretches of last season. All right, let's take a brief break and then we'll come back with more questions. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, James, give us what you got. Show me what you got. We haven't got through very many questions. You and I have gone That's off. That's true. On. Shit. Sorry about that. All right. I won't. I like this one. When does Michael Amadio get back in? They haven't won since he played last. Oh <laughs> I, I love the kind of questions we get. It's so good. One thing I will say, James, like it's a tiny thing, but like they they can't the Lilligren thing that's got to go on the back burner for now. 
Not a you fan. Need to put, no, no. Like you just need to play your best lineup. Like Timothy Lilligren's development can't be. It it just can't be in the equation right now. Like I don't think it made sense dressing him on Saturday. Honestly, are you saying it's Alex Biega's time to shine? Alex Biega. Well, he <laughs> honestly he should just be the seventh defenseman. Like I, I that makes more sense to me. Are you saying it's Carl? Are you saying Dal- it's my fault? Carl, Carl Dahlstrom to the rescue. Sure. Brennan Mennel? No. Uh, Philip Crawl? No. Next question. Uh, who's the other guy down there who could save the day? Name is Mac Hollowell. Yeah, that's the yeah, yeah, that's a great name. Kudos yeah. to kudos to his parents. I wonder is his first name like Mackenzie or I wonder what it is. You think they just called him Mac? Sounds like an athletic feature. Hey, we, right. got a quest- we got a question from someone named Brennan. Okay. Brennan O'Sullivan. That's another great name. How much does the pressure of repeated playoff letdowns and a slow start affect the mental state and the performance of the Leafs' young stars? So the interesting thing, I've seen some people also blaming the media and there's, there's you know, there's still kind of, we're still in this like COVID world. There's not a lot of media around the team. Like when I've been around the team this year, like there's only... You know, there's like, there's not a ton of like TV and everything. And like, I don't think it's the the media around the team that's affecting them. It's just, can you shut out? It's mostly social media, right? Is that, that's, that seems to be where they should almost do the, Oh, if you play for the Leafs, you almost like, shouldn't like, yes, you shouldn't look at any of that. It's like, it's just, but they are, they're all, they all have Instagram and they all have, I don't know what, what, what TikTok and I mean they also have friends, they also have family. Like yeah, it, it's really difficult to block all this stuff out. It's yeah. difficult. Like you turn on your TV and you watch TSN, and the guys on Overdrive are talking about why the team is playing so badly. You know what I mean? Like it's. But why would you turn on TSN if you're those guys though? Like because you want to watch the football game or something. Yeah, I don't know. what you're saying about the friends and family is. Like it's one thing for as the athlete to not pay attention, but it's I think it's it's harder for to to get everyone in your orbit to also not pay attention. Well, and it's almost like you need to get to a point where you say to your whoever, I do not want to hear about any of this stuff. Don't tell me. I don't care what they're saying on social media. I don't care what the media is saying. I just need to worry about what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like just don't tell me anything. Well, th- th- that's what Brandon Shanahan did, right? Like when he was playing, he said that he he told his his brothers and, and his family, like, I don't want to hear any of this stuff. Like, don't send any of it to me. Smart. Uh, Craig McCracken. If that's your real name, that's that's amazing. You should definitely be a Seattle Kraken fan. What do you think? Do you, what do you think that's his real name? Sure. Mm, I don't. It doesn't. Look, it doesn't look like it. What does success look like for the Leafs this season? Is anything short of winning the Stanley Cup considered a failure? No, I think that they need to look like a contending team this year, and that's what they need to do. I mean, if they get goalied in the second round, I mean, I think they need to win a playoff round, for one. They need the guys that are paying a lot of money to be good and to to carry them through a good regular season and, and at least a playoff round. If they may play, I don't know, if they face, let's say, Tampa in the second round and Vasilevsky stands on his head, but the Leafs play really well and they lose in seven games, I don't know. 
Is it a failure? Yeah, but it's a failure in the sense that at least there was like, at least there's some belief in 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 the core and what you've built that that team can do something. Because right now there's not a lot of that belief. It's just progress, right? You need some sort of progress, but anything short of a, a Stanley Cup is a failure for a team that's built to win a Stanley Cup. I mean, like Matthews has three years left on his contract, including yeah. this one. Like there's not, you can run out of time very quickly. So if you're not winning the cup, you're failing. But like for a team that's had the stumbles and such that they've had, they just need something to suggest like this is actually, you're actually on the right path. That's all. This year they have to establish. I mean, I, I, I probably would have made more substantial changes to the roster last. Like I after last season, I, I did not believe to the extent that Kyle Dubas believes in the group that he's got here. It's a thorny one, James. It is thorny for well, sure. There's, everything's thorny right now with the covering this team. There's not going <laughs> to. I just I like if. I don't think it's going to continue, but if this does continue, this is going to be a long season for these players and and management and the coaching staff. And fans. Uh, Goss Sauce asks, is this start exactly what this core needs? I mean, if they they figure it out and they turn it around, then I'm sure people will be saying that. But uh, Colin Adams says, what the actual fuck is going on? Uh, Pete Smith asks, what happens first? The Leafs win a playoff series or the apocalypse? Uh, Patty McGee says, James, why the hell are the Leafs still talking about learning lessons? There's people are, there's a, there's a lot of these Jonas. I don't so know. How, why is how, that such a uh, hot button? They're quote. just, fans are just like tired of, they just feel like they've heard that a lot of times. And that, like how many times do you need to learn the lesson? Well, it's like it's like we're talking about like the the stage that this team is at now is not the lesson learning stage. Like it, when they were saying that in 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 Matthew's first season, and there was all these young guys, and you know you, you have the playoff series against Washington, and you come up short. It's like eh, we learned a lot of good lessons, and the fan base like, yeah, that was great. Like you know, we'll take those lessons, we'll apply them next year, and you know, maybe we'll have more success. But if you say that for I mean, what are we, six years on from from that Washington playoff series? Like, the time for learning lessons is over. Unless your name's like Timothy Logren or, you know, some of these young guys that don't have a lot of experience. Like, maybe Michael Bunting has some lessons to learn, and but the other guys shouldn't. It's, it's not like they want this. Like, this is not this is not chosen. They do not look like a confident team right now. They don't look like confident individuals right now. When you're not confident... You don't play very well. You know what I mean? I like I I don't know. It's 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 difficult to break that whole thing down. I get it. I just I hate that I mean that that's on media too. Like that's something we were like, what were lessons were there from this loss? It's like and there's so many games. <laughs> They're not like sitting ruminating and being like, hmm. What did we learn tonight? Well, I mean, Keith did say that there were lessons they learned in that Carolina game that they would they would help them the rest of the way. So I guess Aaron Boys asks uh, honest question: Is this a bad team? I'm afraid that it might be, uh, or is it a team that is just struggling to start the season? Uh, the promises that things would be different this season are are so far ringing pretty hollow. I think I think that that actually that question I think and that could be a good one for us to end on. That question really encapsulates. I think the feeling of a lot of rational 
fans right now that the concern is like, is it, what if this team just isn't that good? What if this team just, it's not going to happen and that all of the optimism and the hopes and all of the talk about this core and getting these great young players and everything that, that fans have invested in them and bought the jerseys and watched all the games and everything. What if it, what if it's, what if Kyle Dubas is wrong? What if this team's just not that good? Well, it's just, it's just really difficult to see a situation where Austin Matthews isn't scoring a ton. Marner's not producing a bunch of points. TBD with Tavares, but like he still should get you 20 to 25 goals. Well, it doesn't like, make you know any I mean? sense that from like Matthews was, is one of the best players in the world. Like it, it makes, it makes no sense for him to all of a sudden not be able to do that. Right. You can count on that, right? Yeah. And, and I know like this is something that, that Kyle Dubas has brought up repeatedly that lots of teams that end up winning in the end go through this kind of stuff. And like, I was, I'm just thinking of the NBA. Lots of losing teams too, Jonas, to go through stuff like this. Yeah, and- <laughs> it's not it, the problem with that with that idea is like it's, that doesn't mean it's a foregone conclusion that you eventually do win. But like even last year, like Milwaukee looked like they were going to get eliminated again. Their coach was going to get fired, mm-hmm. and then yeah. like Giannis and, was going to leave, and he was going to. Well, actually, he had signed the contract, but like that that had been a point a, a question mark. And then they get through the Brooklyn series. Brooklyn's all hurt. And then they go down 2-0 to Phoenix. And it's like, oh, they're going to lose in the finals. And then just something clicks. And they win four in a row. And, and they win the title. And now they're a different team. You know what I mean? Like, it can change. It can change very quickly. And so, I think that's part of what their belief is, like, once they win one series, something will change them. I mean, we saw it with the Raptors. Once they won a title, like, they had been perennial flameouts but then they win a title and it's like they're a different team so the question is can you tell before they do it that there's the possibility that they're gonna do it and i i think that the, the doubt in the i don't know base, the doubt like like i remember i don't watch a ton of the nba but the, the raptors run i got really into and, and watched every game and that series that they played against Milwaukee, like Milwaukee, if you would have told me Milwaukee's going to win, what did they win the championship two years later? If you would have told yeah. me that they were going to win two years later, I was like, that makes sense. Like just watching the way they played against the Raptors and yeah. Well, they, and James, they, that's a good, good point because in that series, I believe my memory is serving me right, which it doesn't always, they went down 2-0 to Milwaukee and yes. they were about to lose game three. Like they should have lost game yes. three. They win game three and then they win four and like they win the next three and then they go on. And like then they face Golden State in the finals. Golden State has injuries. I mean, they almost lost the 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 seventy sixers series. Like yes. Kawhi's like miracle shot. You know what I mean? Like it's like these little tiny inflection points. Like you're talking. But Jonas, about. like you need to be close enough to figuring it out to be in that moment to do that. Like you need to be in Game Seven of the second round to have that chance to get fortunate to move through or to come back from down. Milwaukee was the third round, right? That was. To come back from down 2-0 against Milwaukee, you need to be, you need to, this is, this sounds so cliche, but this is the phrase that's in my mind right now. You need to have like heart of the champion kind of thing. Like you need to have it inside you as a team that you can do that. And the doubt right now that in the Leafs fan base is that they don't see that in this team. They don't see what the Raptors had. They don't see you. Even what Milwaukee had when they, they they cough up that series, they lose, and 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 they channel that disappointment of of losing that series to the Raptors into being champions two years later. And 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 the doubt right now is that 
that's fair. Are the Leafs going to do that or are they just going to keep disappointing? Well, and obviously the Raptors made one very significant change to their roster that that helped. That won them the championship. The greatest Raptor ever, not Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard. He was unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And well, they still almost lost. So I don't, I mean, the sports are so different and the comparisons don't work very well, but I wonder if there's some sort of a parallel to like a, like maybe this Leafs team, if they continue to struggle, doesn't need a total overhaul. Maybe what they need is some sort of a, a, a change or a shakeup that, that really, I don't know. I mean, they're going to, if they're not successful this year, they're going to get it. If they're not successful this year, the roster is going to be different next year. Like it just is. And it's not going to be around the edges. Here's what I could see happening. I could see them having, getting on track from this. I mean, this is an optimistic view if you want to take it. Finding their way, somehow getting past the first round, conquering those demons, maybe even winning the second round. And then like... we really are getting optimistic the, here, Jonas. The tenor, I mean, that's not a really crazy thing to think that this team could accomplish. It just when you're in a, a stretch like this for a team, it doesn't feel like that's going to happen. But like that, that still feels like a very reasonable scenario. Anyway. Oh, and then what? What, what? what was the, where was that going? I mean, I guess just that then the belief around the team starts to change because at least they have something. Like they've at least they've conquered that first demon, and then better results can come after that. Maybe I don't know. They gotta. I mean, they did. They gotta go out and do it. I mean, that's what. To answer a previous question we had, is it good for this core to go through this right now? I mean, it's better to go through it now than like the part of the problem last year is they didn't have a whole lot of adversity. There was a little bit, but the main adversity they hit is is game five, game six of the playoffs against a team that they're supposed to beat. It's almost like they they thought it was going to be too easy in that series because it was relatively easy in the first four games. And then Montreal had a pushback and I'm going to, I'm going to keep saying it. It's, I know it's super cliche and sounds really dumb. It's like heart of a champion. And like that series against Montreal, you have game five, game six, game seven to show that you have it and that you can get through that and push through that. It's kind of like the speech that Sheldon Keefe gave, you know, now, now is the time. (laughs) And, he said, now is the time and the team comes out like a wet, limp turd or something and like they, you don't have it. So like if, if this team has it, this is they got to start showing it. I, I guess I'm just saying the reputations of all these players can change very quickly. Um, I mean, again, we saw it with the Raptors, like Kyle Lowry was not thought to... I mean, it wasn't totally fair, but like he wasn't thought to be someone who could get it done in the playoffs. And then like... Yeah, but that's bullshit though. Like that's just... Like that's not real though. Because like... Because Kyle Lowry always had it. Like he didn't... Kyle Lowry didn't choke in the playoffs every year. That was the thought. Him and DeMar. It was more DeMar than it was ever Kyle. But anyway. I mean, to my recollection, Lowry was good in the playoffs and like he wasn't... Anyway... <laughs> Trust me. Never a dull moment, Jonas. I did shame on me for saying this was going to be a boring season and we weren't it was going to be a long regular season waiting for the playoffs cuz well, we I, still I, might get that. I should have known. I should have known it wasn't going to be boring. So, next week uh gets interesting like we mentioned, the Leafs will play Vegas, Tampa, Boston. So, I believe we'll get back together 
middle of the week. We'll see where the temperature's at. We want to get some guests on the show. I know we've talked about. There have been discussions. Yeah, let us know what guests you'd like to see on the show. We need to have some of our uh, old favorites back again, I think. Yeah, agreed. All right, well, I think we solved all the problems, James. Everything is fine. We talked about a lot of the problems. I don't know if we solved them. Oh, we solved them. Uh, go to theathletic.com slash leaf report to give The Athletic a try if you haven't already. Lots of great stuff on there, including Josh Cloak's Panicometer today. James, any parting thoughts? Panicometer, that's like a riff on Concernometer that you usually do. I know. Now that means I can still do the Concernometer later. I'm going to need some kind of an O-meter that I come up with. The Myrtle-meter. Myrtle-meter? Yeah. Oh, work in progress. All right. Good to chat. Talk to you next week, James. Goodbye. See you, Jonas.